Hi, I'm David Hansel, Intuitive Medium, and you're listening to Mystic Stew. The question I get asked a lot is why are we here? Some say to learn, some say to evolve. Maybe we just need to remember and experience who we are. Are there tools in this lifetime to assist us and what makes us different? Join me, karmic astrologer Susan Reynolds and spiritual reader India Lee as we discuss if Earth is just a school or is there more and what makes us who we are. So if you're ready to go down the rabbit hole, let's begin. Hi, and welcome back to Mystic Stew. My name is David Hansel, Intuitive Medium. I'm here today with two good friends of mine, Susan Reynolds, who is a karmic astrologist. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, David. And India is back, India Lee, and she is, of course, a spiritual reader, tarot, oracle, and all that fun stuff and divination. Hi, India. Hi. Hi. Today, us three are going to have a discussion about Earth as a school. A lot of the spiritual people in our circle, we will all tell you that Earth is a lot like a school, and, and, it, and it is in a sense. But there's something else about Earth as a school. You know, do you guys think that we are here more for the experience of the school, of the situations, or do you believe that we may already know these things and we're just trying to remember? India, what's your take on that? I feel like it's a blend of both. I feel like we are both student and teacher and, you know, that, that higher self, physical self um, combo that we're always working with. And the more we travel this soul path, the more we can hear that teacher that is the higher self and then, you know, be that really good uh, student or apprentice or however you look at it on the ground and, and embody that energy more. So I think where you are on, the, the school spectrum is all about how connected to and in touch you are with that higher self presence. Perfect. Now, Susan, I'm going to put this to you. Susan, now they say that we're here to learn on earth, okay, on these lessons. Now, I've thought about this many times. How can we learn about something if we don't know about it? I mean, it seems like we would have to know something before we had got here in order to learn from it. Do you have a take on that at all? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Because this is where your chart shows you literally what you came in to learn. It says, here's what you were doing before. This is what you've come in to learn this lifetime. And this is why. And I think that's super important because we need to understand why we experience certain things. It doesn't make that issue go away, but when we have understanding, we're able to, to not take it as personally. We don't feel like the universe is just randomly beating up on us. Oh, there's purpose behind this. And that makes all the difference because then we can start to learn consciously. But suppose you don't have an astrologer that you can go to to point out this is what you're learning or this is what you came in to learn. Even if we don't consciously know that, our soul knows that. We don't come in blank. We come in with, with, with some sort of program. We come in with a curriculum that says, I'm supposed to learn how to do this. And we start to go out into life and experience situations, literally from birth, that help us to learn that. 
I had a client earlier today and I started to see visions of this woman's past lives and she was stuck at home and she gave birth. She had kids, she cooked and cleaned and sewed and died early. And her soul wanted to come into this lifetime to learn the other role, to learn what it's like to be out in the business world, to make decisions, to be a leader, to have authority. And so over and over, she sort of keeps getting pushed into those roles. She may not consciously understand why, but she's still learning what she came in to learn. Now, you said something really interesting, Susan, earlier, which makes absolute sense. Um, for the people out there, when, when Susan had mentioned that we don't always know an astrologer or, you know, in, in India or Dave, a medium or someone who talks to the other side, your soul really does know exactly what it's doing you know exactly what you're doing and your soul will get you the right information and get you the right people in front of you. So don't worry about it. And if you wonder why it's taking so much time, there is divine timing. I am a strong believer in divine timing. There's absolutely no coincidences on this earth. There is nothing. It is, it is set out for you. So when it is time for you to meet these people or get the information, it will. Now, India, as far as, um, as far as what Susan said, what, what could you comment on that, the astrology? Well, while, yes, thank you. While Susan was talking, Spirit showed me this really cool image of a kaleidoscope. And they were showing me how you know, a kaleidoscope has all these little colored bits of glass in it. And the bits of glass are not changeable. You know, that's, that would be us. We're, we're the bit of glass. And then you put that in the kaleidoscope and then you turn the kaleidoscope and all these bits of glass reflect off each other and create these amazing patterns. And Spirit's giving me all these chills right now with this image, which is Spirit going, yeah. Um, it creates this amazing different image that's never been created before. As you turn and these pieces of glass reflect off the little mirrors inside the kaleidoscope and interact with each other and create these patterns that have never been created. And we learn what we're here to learn what that looks like. So as the little pieces of glass, we know, we know who we are, like you said, and we know what we know. And, and that's not really going to change. I mean, we discover it and rediscover it, but we rediscover it through these amazing reflections and patterns and works of art, masterpieces that are created through our interactions with each other and with the world that are one of a kind that, that haven't happened before and that's the true discovery that's the going into this world and going oh wow i know all these things on a soul level but look now it expresses this way now it expresses that way now it bounces off of this person and that person and then i'm just looking up and it's 555 and and it's just like that changes everything that that element of change is like you and I, Dave, have been talking about the choose your own adventure element where it's like, now what, now what, now what? And that's what the God essence and our higher selves and spirit wants to experience through us. And that's what we want to experience is that what does this combo look like and this interaction and this conversation we're having right now and all of that that's never happened before. And then it all does come back to that core truth. Yeah, people, I wanted to bring this up to you guys too. That's exactly correct, both of you. Um, in my eyes, I, I agree with you both completely. Uh, one of the biggest questions asked to me a lot of times is they ask me about, 
why people would choose to go through horrible events or why people would choose these things. And they always ask me, is it true that I chose them? And my take on it is we pick our color palette when we come here. We pick our parents. We pick what we're going to do. We pick everything that we're supposed to do. And, and Susan, I'm going to ask you more on this too. We pick what sign we're born under. We pick when we come in, what moons are where, because that's going to shape our physical personality. Now, our spiritual personality, obviously, we can be an Aries in one life, a Capricorn in another, and a Scorpio in another. To me, those the astrology signs basically give us that it's like that really wonderful extra pinch of an ingredient in this beautiful, delicious food, you know, that's, that's what, you know, it's that salt that made that food delicious. That's what it is that to me, the people ask why we choose these experiences. And I don't think that we necessarily choose really terrible stuff to happen to us. Mm -hmm. But as we come here to earth, we do say what we'd like to learn. We want to remember what it felt like. So these situations come upon us. And that's how we kind of stumble into them. They come upon us. I don't think anybody comes here saying, I'm going to be, you know, beat up by 20 people and robbed and all this stuff. I don't believe that that's what you asked for. I believe what it is, is maybe you needed to learn something about that situation. And that situation came along, your soul goes, this is going to be the best way for you to learn it. So there you are. Um, trust me, everybody's with you. I always remind people that this life is really very short. This is a very... Yeah. This life is such a little minute part of the eternity that your soul is. So like to me, and, and I guess I can say it, I guess I'm biased because I've been over there and I died before. So it, it's really, it really does. It's such a short thing. It just feels bad while we're here. What is your take on that, Susan? Well, I agree with you. But what I also see happening um, in lifetimes when I'm looking at the chart and I see what they're supposed to learn, we have a choice. And sometimes I'll see people stuck in a pattern. They just moving into something new is too frightening to them or they just are stubborn. They don't want to do it. And as we age, as we mature, we have a whisper. And if we don't pay attention to the whisper, it becomes a loud word. And if we don't pay attention to the language, it becomes a tap on the shoulder. And the tap on the shoulder escalates to a two by four in the side of the head. The soul is always seeking to move you onto that path of what you came in to deal with, to become, to learn, to know. And if we refuse to listen, the heat gets turned up slowly and gradually more and more until we can put ourselves into a place of so much pain that we are forced to move into what we decided to learn. But it's not because the universe wants to punish us or because there's no other way. The more that we are listening, the easier our life becomes because then we have more control over how fast or slow we're going to learn our lessons. So, mm, and let, let, I'm sorry, lessons sounds a little negative, like there's some sort of teacher with a bun and big glasses, yeah. you know, beating us with a ruler. <laughs> I'll say learn our, what we came in to, to learn about, our choices we chose to learn about them. Susan, do you believe within these choices that you are able to make a choice away from the bad situation to take it another way if you actually just listened absolutely absolutely 
one of the my prayers when I'm working with my guides and angels, I'm always asking, show me how to deal with this situation in the easiest possible way. Because mm -hmm. if there's an easy way, that's the way I want to do it. Yeah. I've had enough years of getting hit in the head with a two by four. You know, I, agree I finally with you. said, oh, let's turn the knob. You know, let's open the door. I agree with you, Susan. I've been through enough terrible things where um, I watch the patterns, though. I watch my patterns nowadays. And when I see a pattern repeat, I say, okay, here's that pattern. Let's break it right now. India, what about you? I actually want to add a question onto that for you, Susan, about um, those, those, those lessons, those patterns, and past lives. I know that, you know, personally, you've helped me see so many patterns and things that came in from past lives that in this lifetime, I'm learning to release. And, you know, coming to a place where you feel like you're, you're releasing those, but then they sort of resurface what's happening there. I know, like, right now, a lot of us in these energies that are happening um, are, are having crazy dreams, vivid dreams. And I know just last night, like, I fully experienced some negative past life stuff and woke up going, that was then, this is now, let's release that, let's, let, let's leave that behind. And, and I would love to learn more about doing that effectively and how to work with those energies. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know if Susan will agree with me. She may, she may not. Because I don't know, I don't know much about astrology, which is so funny. You'd think I would know something. I love the stars, the moon and everything, but there's <laughs> something, and I connect with every energy in the place. But for some reason, I cannot wrap my head around a lot of stuff, probably because I'm just not good at memorizing anything. But as far as like karma stuff goes, this is one thing I, I do know personally uh, through experience and in my heart of hearts. Besides us just being here, we have a soul, of course. Um, but in order for that soul to exist, it needs some sort of form around it that and where it comes, the human body and that the spirit body, the ethereal body, you need a form around it. The body is made up of a trillion billion cells and each one of those cells in our body is alive. In fact, they're so alive, even when we leave this body, our body is still alive. You still have to shave a body after it's dead. You know, the hair still keeps growing. These molecules are still alive and they still contain some of the karma that you have retained, wow. which this is another thing um, why, why ghosts, why there's ghosts, because if, if you had, if karma was not released, karma is, is what gives you that form. Karma to me is, is kind of like a form. It's kind of like the jello mold. So, so Dave, there's almost like a, a, a ghost of my past self and a past life that's still in my body. Hanging. Yeah. There's still, Hang it could out. be, could, it's, it might not necessarily be a, <laughs> um, a, a bodily part, but it is a part of you that's yeah. still hanging out with you. And those are those past lives. And, yeah. and, we'll start to forget our past lives more and more as we get rid of that karma. Now, when I speak about karma audience, I am not talking about these nasty things that is put down on you to make you terrible. We have to have karma. Even when Jesus came here, he accumulated karma. Every spiritual teacher that's ever come on earth has accumulated karma. The karma is needed. Like I said, it's what holds the form of the soul. That that day in eternity, when every bit of your karma is 100% liberated, free, 
that and that then and only then will you just become a part of all that there is without any identity whatsoever. Um, but even at that point, you still have an identity, which is odd <laughs> to say. Um, but you know, I forget where I was getting at now. But Susan, no. as far as the karma goes in astrology, how are you feeling on that? And the past life stuff. Yeah, and the past life. Yeah. I love dealing with past life stuff because to me, it is one of the quickest and easiest ways to grow. And one thing that I'm always reminding my clients of, and that sometimes we tend to forget, when we hear the word karma, too many times I think we see that or look at that as some kind of punishment. Mm. And that's not what karma is at all. It's sort of like just our, our past, our balance sheet. Oh, you got A's in arithmetic and C's in history. You know, we're just looking at where have we been. If you have a loving spouse, that's positive karma you've earned. If, yeah, if you're a good parent and you have wonderful relationship with your children, that's karmic. That's, you've learned how to do that before. If you're a wonderful artist or, or musician, we tend to think of karma as negative and it is not. It is actually an opportunity for us to grow more. When you, David, were talking about the body, I thought of something you can, I don't know how to explain this. Sometimes karma is literal. You were, you know, rich and selfish in another lifetime and you come in and you're struggling in this lifetime to learn about the value of money. That's pretty literal. But many times karma is symbolic from our bodies. I remember having an appointment once. I don't know whether he was a lawyer, a doctor, or some professional. And a friend and I walked into the office and the lawyer happened to be very short. He was like maybe 4'11 or something. And we sat down, very capable, good appointment. We're getting up to leave and we're shaking hands. And a voice says in my ear, he looked down on other people in other lifetimes. Now people will look down on him. Oh. And so sort of, you know, a metaphor. And so we can look at karma from the top of our head to our feet, and you can see where you've been. What parts of your body do you like? Maybe you have great hair. You know, what parts of your body do you not like? You, you know, don't like your hands. You think they're too big or, or you know, short and stubby fingers. You know, what parts of your body have been taken out? I'm, you know, of the three of us, I'm probably, you know, the most senior citizen and I'm getting friends with gallbladder operations and knee replacements and hip replacements. And what parts of your body hurt you the most? I suffer from migraines and I once had a vision of myself as a young boy and buildings were crumbling around me and, and a rock a boulder fell on my head and killed me. Mm. And I realized, oh, there are the migraines. So your body is a physical representation of lots of your karmic past, what I've, you have experienced. I've got to agree with you completely because it, for, for an instance, a person in one life could be, let's say he's murdering somebody. And while he's maybe choking them to death, I mean, I hate to be graphic, but I'm just only I can explain it. Like you're choking somebody to death and they reach up with a piece of glass and stab you in the side of your head. Now you killed them, but karmically, that scar from your head 
can go to the next life and to remind you of what had been done. Mm -hmm. So in the next life, you might always have some kind of pain where that thing was always hurt. So karma does run deep as far as physical and emotional. Have you ever uh, experienced anything like that, India, or know of anything about that? Well, as we're talking about that, Spirit's showing me just this image of balance happening. You know, when Susan's talking about one lifetime, this happens, the next lifetime, this happens. It's all about us being able to have an opportunity, having, having, having opportunities to experience balance in all aspects of life. Because as we talked about in the beginning with the kaleidoscope, it's, it's your spirit self wanting to experience all aspects of life. So it is like these scales where it's like pebbles on a scale of, okay, I've experienced this, this, and this. And now in the next lifetime, I need to experience this, this, and this. And then in the next one I need to, and it's really this, this offsetting and balancing of all the experiences and types of, of energies that you want to, to see as a soul. And it is this release of, um, you know, we, we often label as humans karma as good or bad, like you've said, and there is no real good or bad. It's, it's all about, you know, the extremes of, okay, this was on that extreme end of the karmic scale and this is on the other and there's a lot of stuff in between and if if we're ready to shift a little spirits wanting me to talk a little bit about the tarot in what our topic in the lessons part which is you know in the tarot we have um pentacles which represent the physical world we have the wands which represent the spirit and the passion and the soul drive of things um and then we have um water which represents the feelings the emotional aspects of things cups and then we have um, the swords and the swords talk about the thoughts and the mind and all this is code in readings this is the way that spirit's letting us know what aspects of our experience we are kind of imposing with our mind and what aspects of our experience are genuine and to be explored and to be sort of believed because one gift of, of, of tarot particularly is it can really expose, and I, I just love this about it, how much what we're going through is sort of what we're inventing, making things harder than they have to be, creating our own suffering, and how much is actually a soul lesson or something you need to feel. So if you see a card, for example, that shows like the four of pentacles and the five of cups, that's saying, hey, you're holding on to sadness you don't need to hold on to sadness. You can let it go. That's an experience you don't really need. Or if you have the eight of swords, that's saying, hey, you're creating a mental prison. You don't have to be in there. So that's spirit's way of going, that's actually not a karmic lesson. That's not something you have to experience. That's something you're perpetuating, like a hamster wheel. And you're kind of wasting time in your lifetime doing that. However, if you see something in your in your spread that's like the the six of wands that talks about Hey, you're on your path. You're doing it. You know, you're, you're exploring what you need to explore. You're successful. If you're seeing something like the, the, um, eight of cups, it's like, yeah, you're moving away from stuff that's no longer right for you. And it's right. It's, it's right. It's you're doing good. And these are ways that spirit says you're moving through those lessons that you're supposed to learn and those things you're supposed to feel and those ways that you're wanting to expand. I love the tarot as sort of a temperature check. It's like a, a a thermometer that says, am I in my head here? And am I doing stuff I don't need to be doing? Or am I just sort of on the right track? And am I moving forward? 
That's perfect. And you know what? That's going to lead me in to the next thing I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to ask you both the same question. And I want you to answer from your from yourself. Okay. Now, uh, first, I'm going to tell you something and that'll, then I'll ask the question. A lot of people will tell me that this world can be unfair and they say it's an imperfect world. There's fa there's famine, there's bad political stuff. There's, there's COVID going on right now. There's murder, there's rape, there's child abuse, there's people starving, there's animals, all this stuff. And they say, it's just a terrible world. They say that it is an imperfect world. Now, I'm reminded of this every day, and this might sound cold to some people, but the world is not imperfect. In fact, the world is absolutely perfect. We need those challenges. If we don't have those challenges, this world is absolutely useless. We're just in heaven. So we come here for those challenges. Now, that's my opinion. Now, knowing that, Susan, is... When you come here and you have to face those challenges, is, is knowing like your background, your astrology, are these things that can really help shape somebody's physical and soul experience? Do you, do you think it's absolutely needed? Or do you think it's something that uh, somebody doesn't need? Or if somebody says, you know, hey, maybe some people might want to come here and say, you know what, I don't want to know anything. I want to struggle through this. That's my thing. <laughs> you know, you which, can absolutely do that. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. But what do you think is the most helpful thing for somebody? If you were to give somebody advice, if if you were God, and and of course you are a part of God, but if you were God and you were to say to a human being, "I'm going to give you a little advice on how you may get through this life and learn and remember exactly what you need to do," what would you tell them? I would say, stop looking at yourself as a victim. Stop looking at your wounds because this is how we hold on to things. And we start doing this very young. You know, our mom loved our brother better. Dad left us. You know, our brother was an alcoholic. Our sister was pregnant. You know, most of us are not growing up in idyllic childhood circumstances. We, we face these challenges and we feel wounded. You know, we, we all have that desire for love. But when we hang on to that, what we are saying is, you owe me something. My mother owes me that love, or my, my father owes me all the years he wasn't there. You know, I'm owed this. When we do that, that is so destructive to ourselves, because it doesn't hurt the other person at all. And it keeps us from seeing beyond that in any way. It's like a big roadblock right in front of us. It's funny, David, because I agree with you absolutely, but would have put it in totally different language when you were asking about if the world was, was imperfect. I would have said, yes, the world is imperfect. I would have said exactly the opposite way you said it, but for the same reason. It's imperfect because we need it to be imperfect. If it wasn't imperfect, why come here? We come here for the imperfections. Yep. And I, I liken it to going to a gym. When you're working out at the gym and you're doing strength training, you put some weight on there. You have something to push against. And pushing against that, that obstacle, that weight builds the muscle, makes you stronger. And this is what we do. The, I don't know if you, I was going to say the trick, but it's not really a trick. The way to move past your karma and not let it own you is to find forgiveness.
And this is so, so, so hard because when we're the victim, when we're wounded, it's like, but they're wrong. They're so wrong. How dare they do that to me? And it's really hard. It's very challenging. And the first time that I heard that, that my spiritual teacher shared that with me, I thought that sounded like so Pollyanna and I didn't want to hear anything about that. They were the wrong one. I was right. And I don't see why I have to struggle harder. But when we do that, forgiveness frees us. It frees us from the karma. And this is how we grow. And it is probably one of the most important things that we can do in this lifetime. Yeah, I, um, I'm kind of the same way. I know somebody had asked me one time when somebody did something bad to me, they're like, you know, David, you should just forgive them because that's the way. And I'm like, well, actually, no, because if I forgive them, all I'm doing, I'm forgiving them. I'm forgiving them for doing something bad. So here's what I decided to do. I started to forgive myself for the reaction that I had that somebody made me have. I said, mm -hmm. you know what, David? I am so sorry that you took that so personal when it really didn't even freaking matter, <laughs> you know, and then I get on with it, you know, and I cut the cord and I'm gone, you know, no, now India, now if you were God and of course you are, <laughs> what's yeah. the advice that you would give to somebody to help them kind of navigate through this imperfect, perfect world? I would say never forget that the way you're seeing the world is through a very small lens of your unique experience that, you know, if you were an ant, your vision of the world would be so different than, than through this human body. If you were, you know, an eagle in the sky, it'd be so different. If you were a different person, if you were a king or, you know, if you were in some other, just imagine if you, you know, if you were, um, working in a coal mine somewhere, just your, your vision of what the world is and who you are would be so different. And that so much of your experience of this life and the way you think and the way you perceive yourself and your experiences in this life is based on your human experience and, and was formed very early on in that. So it would, it would say, you know, just like you said, I'm so sorry you took that interaction to mean this about you, we start doing that for a very young age and we start b building those patterns of how we do that. You know, oh, my, my sibling used to treat me this way and therefore sort of all people treat me this way and it always happens to me. The, the, the wisdom that I would like to give myself and others would be that is your perception only and it doesn't make it truth. And there's a whole other world of truth within that other person or situation that is independent of yours. And if you could sort of jump into that, you'd see a whole different world and, and that everything is so much more complex than it seems to our human eyes. I think that not only knowing that our experience is very individualized, is that we always have to remember that other people's experiences are too. Like mm -hmm. if you're going down the road and maybe you see somebody in a wheelchair and they're maybe they have some kind of disease and they might look funny to you and you think, Oh, I feel really sorry for them. Or, you know, it's like, well, you don't have to feel sorry for them because we do not know the agenda of that soul. We do not know why that soul chose that. We do not know that. Yes. We should have compassion. You know, I am here for you. I understand. I'll walk with you if you need me to. And that's it. But I don't think that we should ever really feel sorry and just remember that, 
they are seeing life through a different set of eyes as well. Mm-hmm. So now, um, Susan, do you have anything you'd like to say to wrap up any of this or anything you'd like to tell anybody about um, in getting through this life, whether it's, a, whether it's a lesson or whether they believe that it's just remembering? What, what, what would you tell somebody right now? That's a good question. First of all, I would say, if you have your chart and have ever looked at it or had a reading, I would go back and look at that and listen to that. Because many people tell me, oh, I had a reading 20 years ago or you know, 30 years ago. We grow, we learn. And even if we go back and listen and we're hearing the same thing, we're hearing it differently because we're different. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what they meant. And oh, here's how we can look at that. We are always, always, always being offered the opportunity to grow. We do not stop at a certain age. 65, we're retired, the end, we're not growing anymore. No, until we take our last breath in this lifetime, we have the opportunity to become more than what we were for our souls to lift up. And that's exciting to me. And that's a blessing to me. And I see so many times I think people just get tired and they get discouraged. Oh, I'll never deal with this. And I guess that's just the way that I am. And I would tell people to keep looking at your higher self and keep talking and asking, keep that dialogue open. Because when we can have that dialogue, we can start to grow the easy way through grace and through whispers and let go of those two by fours in the head. Perfect. India, what would your advice be? Yeah, I would add that in every moment, feel into what am I being shown right now? Because every moment is an endless well of opportunities to to, uh, have revealed to you countless things about what you're here to learn, even if you're sitting by yourself in a quiet room. What is my body telling me right now? If I have a little bit of a headache, what is that telling me about what my mind is doing right now? Is it resisting something? If this particular relationship is troubling me, what is that showing me? You know, am I having conflict in this relationship? What is in conflict within myself? Using every single thing in your present moment as a mirror, like that kaleidoscope, to reflect what am I being shown? Because you can drill down into every single moment. And I know when I'm feeling frustrated mentally, I, I now try to stop and either ask the guides to just show me, you know, or, and always ask them to be with me and show me, but to really feel into what is all this actually showing me? Cause it's not just happening. It's not just random and it's not just for no reason, whatever is around you. It is, it has been brought into you for your greatest good and highest purpose and learning opportunity in that moment. So to kind of blow through things and look past that and ignore that is to miss a lot. And like Susan said, then that can become the need for the two by fours and the, and the harder lessons. But if we're really paying attention and being connected as much as we can every moment, we're going to receive all that goodness that we're intended to have. That's perfect advice from the both of you. Now, uh, Susan, if somebody would like to get a hold of you, how can they get a hold of you, Susan? Well, the best way would probably be through my website. And my website is exploreastrology.com. And there's contact info on there. And on my website, every month, I put out free predictions for all 12 signs 
Like this is what's going with Virgo in September. This is what's going on with, with Leo in October. You can look at your sign and it's totally free. You don't have to pay anything to join anything. There are, there's a blog on there with different articles. So yeah, I would just check out my website. And if you want to be on my mailing list, I send out a free newsletter every month showing what the new moon and the full moon are going to do that month and how you can work with them and use those energies. Perfect. And India, how can they get hold of you? Same. If you go to my website, it's indialee.com and that's India and then L-E-I-G-H.com. And also I would just point um, everyone toward my YouTube channel, which there's, there's a link to on my website because that's just where spirit flows things through me primarily in video form, whether it's readings or just a message. And so everything's on there that, that, um, that might be helpful or give you a little, little something. And if you need readings, then I'm here for that too. Great. Thank you so much, you two, for being here. And to everybody else, if you are wondering what my advice would have been, the yeah. best advice I can possibly give you to figure yeah. out what's going on. If you can't get hold of an astrologer or India or me or somebody else, all the answers of the entire universe, all the answers in the world for you are within. The only way you're going to reach those answers is to be still. And that's something that we forget to do on this earth a lot. We look outside ourselves, we watch the people go by. We never just sit with ourselves. Don't be afraid to know yourself. You're a pretty cool person. Thank you so much for listening to Mystic Stew, and I hope to talk at you again. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode on Mystic Stew. On behalf of India and Susan, we hope that we've provided you with enough information for you to come to your own personal truth. If you'd like to know more about Susan Reynolds or obtain a reading, you can go to exploreastrology.com. If you'd like to get a reading and know more about India Lee, you can go to indialee.com. If you'd like a reading with me or to even know more about me and what I do, go to theywhispertome.com. And if you use the code MysticStew2020, it'll take 10% off any readings that you decide that you'd like. If you have questions for me, or if you even just have an idea for an episode, you can write to me at david at theywhispertome.com. I'd like to thank you very much for listening, and I hope to talk at you again. Be good, stay safe. Bye-bye.